Welcome to Camp Hike Live, the podcast devoted to helping you learn, enjoy, and explore the great outdoors. Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Camp Hike Live. My name is Nathan Harrington, and I am joined, as always, by the sure-footed Christopher Hiller. Christopher, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I love how you you give me a new adjective every time. It's it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> well, I'm doing great. It works right into the episode. We'll go right into the episode. Today is all about feet that played in there perfectly. So let's get right to it. So anything new going with you, Christopher, before we get into the episode? Well, the newest thing for me, well, I have a couple new things, actually. The Ooh, first new thing is I live in a small town in southern Minnesota. So like those old main streets that could be just gorgeous and picturesque, it was completely dead. There's like not a business on the main street. There might be one or two sitting there. Uh, but I acquired one of those small buildings. So I'm going to hopefully fix it up and add an asset to this little town. I'm pretty excited about that. Maybe move some of my camping products into there or or who knows exactly what I'll do with it. But I was just, my heart was saddened to see another little small building start to deteriorate and eventually have to get bulldozed. So I, so I saved it. That's what's new. Wait, wait, so I know you're doing the the Camper Chris store. This is a different building. Yep, this is a different building, like three buildings down. I, I think I saw a picture of it. You posted it. I saw a picture. So that's cool. So now you're, you've got another building and you don't know exactly what you're going to do with it yet. No, not exactly. Uh, what I do know is I'm going to save it uh, from being bulldozed over and being another hole on a, on the main street. So my goal is to invest it a little bit and fix it up. Okay, you say you're from a small town. We're going to have a little bit of a small town duel here. So we're going to see whose town is actually smaller. So first we'll go with population. So population of your of your small town. Do you have any idea? 1092 according to the sign out front. Ooh, wow. Okay. So I have no idea. So I'm going to say ours is 1000 82. So we're smaller already. Oh, so man. I'm winning. You're, you're just a little one, smaller. One you're for me. Okay. Do you have a store? <laughs> yes. There are some stores on the highway. They have a couple tractor implements yes, yes. And, a, and a gas station. So, Ooh. and then Camper Chris store is opening up. So, yeah. Oh, wow. See, we used to have a little general store, but it is gone now. And there also is no gas station. All right. Third and final question. And I'm going to sweep this challenge. And that is. Is there a stoplight? There is not a stoplight. Ooh, it's a tie. We, we have a stop sign. In the, in the major one intersection in town, we have a stop sign, but we do not have a stoplight. We have a, a what's called a main street, and there's a stop sign at all the crossroads on the main street. So we, I would say there's at least a dozen stop signs. So I think you might have me for small town uh, <laughs> domination. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, uh, so as far as it goes for me, we've had such a busy year, and uh, the spring is, is not becoming any less busy. With the kids and keeping up with regular family life, is, is difficult enough, and now we're throwing in another trip to Trail Days in Damascus, Virginia. Uh, if the viewers aren't familiar, Trail Days is this a it's a it's just a giant. Actually, there'd be listeners. Maybe one day we'll actually have this where people could watch too. That would be fun. But it's a it's a giant hiking festival that's held in Damascus, Virginia. It's really kind of uh, circles around the Appalachian Trail. The trail goes right through the town. Uh, there's a lot of gear vendors. A lot of the people hiking the AT end up there. Uh, it's a it's a great place for people to come back and have little reunions when they hike the trail years prior, and they they kind of get everybody back together. 
So uh, we take our little hiking business down there between the blazes and we sell our replica signs and we, we get to do that every year. And the past three years, it's been very, very fun. And this year, it's this task now. It's like, oh, we have to do that. We don't have time for breathing. How are we ever going to have time for that? So it's a little bit, uh, there's still excitement there, but it's a little bit stressful in trying to get everything ready before we leave uh, this next coming Thursday. And Damascus, Virginia, if I'm remembering right, is is a good trek in from the beginnings. So I wouldn't say halfway, but it's a good start from uh, where they start there in Georgia and they get to Damascus. That's a pretty good hike. So their feet, a.k.a. All About the Feet episode, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. will be on the topic of their mind. <laughs> this is true. Actually, hopefully by the time, because it's quite a ways down the trail, by the time you get there, you'll have all of your feet issues figured out. So, all right. So what do we want to jump into first? I feel like we should hit the main thing. What everybody wants to know is, is, what do I put on my feet when I am hiking and when I am camping? So, Christopher, what do you typically wear when you're out on a little adventure? Well, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Being that uh, I'm focused on the camping side of things, we have a lot more a variety of what we can wear because we can change them pretty rapidly. We probably have multiple ones we can pick from. Like, for example, when I'm in the campground, everyone's going to going to have a word or have an opinion about this, but I love to wear Crocs around the campground. Mm -hmm. They're super light. When I get them wet, they dry off fast. They don't have a a problem sticking to my feet. If they're in the mud, they just hose them off or or rinse them off. So Crocs are my go-to in the campground. I wear those things as much as I can. And the only bad thing about them, if I have to have to ding on them a little bit, is you get some pretty goofy tan lines. (laughs) But other than that, they are almost the perfect camping foot attire. And that is where we, we're, we're going to align there in our force with Crocs because I, I had Crocs. They were, I don't think they were an off brand or something, but uh, I took them on the entire through hike. Uh, camping shoes are very important to a hiker because moisture can be such a, a detrimental thing to your feet. Uh, when you're hiking for, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours a day, uh, your feet getting wet and sweaty, the moisture, you need to have time to air them out. And that's something that Crocs give you the ability too is because they're so open. Uh, you can really air out your feet. And uh, especially, I, and I know from the little bit of camping that I do, if you're in any kind of place that's got public pools or public showers, they're also really good to be wearing uh, so that you're not getting, you know, athlete's foot or, you know, having to, to stand in all of other people's stuff. So so they work really well there. Now, if I have to say a downside, it would be when they are wet and you're walking in them, they make that they make that sound there there I, i've got my downside for crocs but yeah we we align right there crocs are a fantastic thing to have uh in any kind of a, a sense when you're out hiking or camping something that you can get your your bigger boots off of and just let your feet breathe yeah and if you're just lounging in the campground there's nothing wrong with a good pair of sandals too just even barefoot or sandals, just lounging around. Obviously, when you're getting towards the evening or if you got a campfire going, you got to be careful about going barefoot in the coals and different things like that. But when you're just lounging around, it, it is just that. You could lay in a hammock with bare feet and that's fine or, or kick back in a lawn chair bare feet mm-hmm. or have the sandals to go back and forth from the, uh, uh, we'll say, the picnic table and getting some good grub. Uh, but lounging around, those are pretty much the uh, the attire that I wear and that I I don't know if recommends, but when I'm with my son, that's what I have him wear as well. Now, 
as we get towards the night and once the fire's going and you can't really see where you're stepping, then I tend to go into a tennis shoe or a trail runner or something like that just for safety fact, not for a matter of it's a necessity, but just for, yeah. for safety. I like to go into the shoe type of thing. When you can never really tell in a public space, especially at campgrounds, you can never be sure who was there before you and whether they if there was a broken glass or something like that, you you never know. So it's always good to err on, like you say, that safety factor. If you are going to be walking around and you're not really sure where you're stepping to have something more than, well, bare feet or just a a thin pair of Crocs. Yeah, I would guess the the shoes or the, I, I call them trail runners. They're tennis shoes, trail runners. That's kind of what I have, just my default athletic wear, we'll call it. But they serve a different purpose when you're hiking. And and as far as I'm analyzing from my store and different things, that seems to be the trend with all of my hikers. My hikers aren't so much buying the boots anymore. There are. I mean, there's a chunk of them that that boots are their thing and that's what they stay with. But I tend, as far as volume goes, I tend to be moving more towards a trail runner for my hikers. Is that what you're seeing when you're out hiking and and doing some things? Well, and I know that... uh... I believe, and this is something that I've started quoting, I've started to do some guided hikes and I do some workshops at a local outfitter here in Pennsylvania. And I've used this quote a lot and that is everybody, not everybody, everybody is different. So everybody's needs to go out there and figure out what works for them. And I'm seeing this gambit between the minimalist style, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, and that's the, the, the trail runners, all the way to big, heavy boots and everything in between. Now, I think there is a general shift towards uh, lighter footwear for long-distance hiking, and that'll be today's hot tip. I've got a hot tip for today, and that is it is that one pound on your feet. And this is, I don't know if this is 100% accurate, but I know that it really does hold weight. One pound on your feet is equal to 10 pounds on your back. So by taking 16 ounces or a pound off your feet, it's just as good as taking that 10 pounds off of your back because your feet have to walk with that extra weight. And that's really why I see a lot of people moving towards these trail runners and these lighter weight shoes is to is the weight factor. So I think that you're seeing everybody gravitate towards that, but there's still a lot of people that if you've got, um, if you like to do a lot of hiking and you've got ankles aren't quite so strong, they'll, they'll stick in the, the boots still. Yeah, that tends to be my recommendation when people are coming in and looking at shoes and they're going to go on hikers and they're not hikers, meaning they're not doing long hikes and they're not hiking every day and it's not their thing, but they want to go out and explore and do some hiking. I, I tend to push them or guide them towards the boots because there's a little bit more stability there in the ankles. It helps safe on injuries and different things like that. They are clunkier. They, they do way more, but if they're not planning on going on a long distance hike and they're not planning on being out there day after day after day, I I try to guide them towards the boots because I think it'll help keep their feet safe. I think it'll help keep their ankles healthy and strong. And and it's just a different purpose. I mean, for some, the trail runners are going to be perfect, but for others, you may need that little stability, especially if now all of a sudden you're used to walking on a paved sidewalk or a, a concrete side rock. And now all of a sudden you're going up a mountain or you're going up a trail and you got to climb on rocks and things, having that stability might be something you're looking for. I, I agree with that too. The boots tend to be a little bit more of an entry level. And then for a little bit of a description, if people aren't familiar, we're, we're using this word trail runners, and I don't know if everybody's got a good mental picture of it, but take a tennis shoe and then just make it maybe a little bit more 
rigid in the toe box. A lot of times they have a little bit more uh, rubber for protecting your toe if you're like going to hit it off of a stone or something. And then the, the, the tread is a little bit more aggressive. Uh, it's like a road tire on your bike or an off-road tire. Uh, it, it, but it has the, the feel, the, the uh, support in shape of a low-cut like tennis shoe uh, or, or just a regular running shoe. And that's kind of an idea. Now they vary greatly across the board, but that's what we're talking about when we're talking about a trail runner. I think that's a pretty good description. I think the biggest difference, I guess, physically, when you look at it is they have what's called a Vibram bottom and Vibram is just a technical term. It's probably even a trademark. So congratulations, Vibram, you own a good name, Uh, but it's for the more durable bottom. It doesn't wear as fast. It's puncture resistant, Uh, but that's typically, they do look basically like your normal tennis shoe. They just have some features that are beefed up. Right, exactly. It is. It's a beefed up tennis shoe. It's like a tennis shoe got that mushroom in Mario and is just a little bit better. You know, can take an extra hit. So oh, I love that. <laughs> video games back into the outdoors. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> Moving on. So now we've talked a little bit about your shoes and the importance of them on different levels. And you've picked whether you're going to have a boot, whether you're going to have a trail runner, or where you're at. But when you're out doing things, the next logical step that we'll need to talk about is your socks. So we'll talk a little bit about that that next layer, that inner layer closer to your feet, which is to me just as important, maybe even more so depending on what you're doing uh, as far as you know, keeping your feet dry, keeping you from getting blisters and all of those different things. I tend to lean towards wool socks I, uh, on most occasions, especially if I plan on doing things. If I'm just lounging around, it's not as big a deal. But if I plan on hiking the trails or riding my bike or doing different things, I tend to lean towards wool. Now, it's, it's neat because I think you hit it right with it could almost be more important when it comes to socks. And people probably don't know as much that there's there's just as a big of array of socks as there are shoes, and they're there for different reasons. Um, an example is, you know, you can have uh, your regular cotton socks, and they could come in different weights, uh, weight being the, how thick the material is. So you could have a heavyweight sock as opposed to a very lightweight. You can get uh, a synthetic sock, which is made out of, uh, not from wool, but or not from uh, cotton, but out of uh, a synthetic material. And you can go to wool as well. And now they all kind of serve different purposes. I, I tend to stay away from cotton uh, with most of my outdoor adventuring, whether it be in my, my clothing or my socks, it doesn't matter. Uh, cotton just doesn't deal with with moisture very well. Synthetics are a great material to work with, especially when it comes to wicking or pulling moisture away from the body. When we don't want our body to get wet, we want that moisture to leave, especially in t-shirts and stuff. It'll pull the moisture away and allow the wind to evaporate. It keeps us dry. It serves a similar purpose in our socks. And you'll see a lot of sock liners made out of a synthetic material. Sock liner being the first sock that you put on, and then you can put a heavier sock on that. And that liner will keep to wick the moisture away from your foot. And then you get into what Christopher's talking about, and that's your your wool socks. A lot of people think of wool, they may automatically go to super, super warm. And that is not the case. Uh, wool can be used in a lot of different ways, and wools can actually be very comfortable and not warm. I think people think when they think wool, they think sheep, they think warm, they think like someone in the mountains in a big, you know, wool-lined hood. You know, I guess that's where I go to sometimes. But wool can be very comfortable, and don't be put off by thinking it's it's warm. It's actually very breathable and very wicking as well, like the synthetics. And it has one great benefit in that is it deals with sweat and smell uh, much better. Anytime you go to a wool piece of gear as opposed to a thin synthetic, 
it's not going to start to stink quite as bad or as quickly. Synthetic uh, clothing will will pick up the, the body odor a lot quicker. Yeah, most of the reason I lean towards wool is that temperature control. I have feet that tend to get hot and I tend to need to let them breathe. And what the wool does for me and my body, because every body is different. Ah, oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> but what they do for me is they really help temperature control my entire body, specifically my feet, regardless of whether I'm wearing boots or whether I'm wearing trail runners, or even if I got socks and gosh forbid Crocs at the same time, oh, no. they help keep, no. keep my temperature at a good even keel pace. So that's why I tend to prefer wool. But the big reason that I prefer wool goes into the next thing, and it's blisters. And we have a whole podcast where we talk about blisters, and I recommend you go and take a listen to that if that's something you're concerned of. But I'll just say a couple things, and if Nate wants to expand, he can. There's three things that are important to help keep your feet healthy uh, and that you need to be concerned about when we're talking about blisters. And, and they're heat, friction, and moisture. And I tend to find that wool keeps all three of those things away from my feet and help keep my feet feeling their best and keep my day pretty fun. Yeah, I, I don't have to add anything. That's that's right on. Uh, and if you want to know more, we do have that blister podcast. It was just specific to that. For me, I don't go wool. My feet tend to run too hot for even uh, any kind of a, a medium weight to, to heavyweight sock. I use a, a sock liner, a synthetic liner. Basically, I hike in dress socks. Uh, it's the best way to best way to put it because that's the way that my feet can stay the coolest and there's something about the 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 way synthetic moves against the inside of a shoe that kind of cuts down on friction as well and it does work for me I'm not saying it'll work for everybody, but I was able to hike the Appalachian Trail. We did a through hike and I did not get a blister in the 2,200 miles we hiked. So it, it works well for me. Today's episode is brought to you by... Come see Kepper Chris. He's got all you need. A camping guru, outdoor buff, your expert on stuff. He's also camping out in social media. So come see Camper Chris. The next thing that I like to add, and uh, especially when I'm doing outside stuff that we don't talk about a whole lot in the camping industry, is powders. Mm. I tend to use uh, like a gold bond or a baby powder. I tend to use that, especially if I know I'm going to be in socks and shoes all day. Uh, if it's something, so I like to take that talcum or I like to take that gold bond and I like to put it either right into my sock as I'm putting it on, or if I'm not wearing socks that day and I'm barefoot, I put it onto my feet. I rub that in. It helps also uh, prevent blisters in most cases, and it helps keep your feet dry. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's a, there is a point where I won't use it. And that's if I know that I'm going to have my feet really, really like saturated, wet, really muddy trail, something like that. The powder's not going to do a whole lot for you there. But on uh, regular use where you're looking more for your feet getting wet due to sweat, it can really help. It also helps a lot when you're done with your day. We I carried some gold bond with me on the uh, on the trail. And at the end of the day, I would uh, I would take and get my feet out, put them in my Crocs so they would air out, put a little powder on there, really help dry the feet out. And it does do well again the other downside of hiking for thousands of miles, and that's the smell. It'll help to, to cut down on the smell and the smell inside of your <laughs> shoes. So that, that can really help as well. Um, before we get too far away, I did want to touch a little bit on uh, sizing of your footwear. I think a lot of people 
can be misled by what I think I was brought up on. And it's like when I was brought up, it's like you'd put your foot in there and you would you'd kind of push your thumb down towards your big toe and be like, how close is your toe in there? And OK, well, I can kind of I can touch my toe. Somehow that means it, it fits well. You know, I don't I don't know what why that became the de- determining factor. It, it must have been a mom thing. I had that exact same thing. Growing Everybody up. has it, the same. If it was a thumb length, it was perfect. Yeah, but so and I, I don't typically go by that. I've got to the point now where sizing shoes is just I can put them on and feel whether they're big enough. But I, I think I want everybody to uh, when considering it. I always err on my shoes being a half a size bigger than they need to be. Air bigger rather than smaller. Smaller shoes can lead to a lot of complications and bigger shoes only add benefits when it comes to uh, multiple layers of socks. So now if it's cool out, we can throw on a couple layers and we're not restricting our feet too much. Uh, it's good to have room for your feet to, and your toes to move around. And the last thing we want is shoes that are so small that when we're going uh, downhill or if we're running and our feet are landing and making contact with the ground, if our foot can slide forward and hit the tip of our shoe uh, and actually bump up against it, uh, repetition on hiking and getting that constant pressure. I've seen people lose toenails. They've actually fallen off because their shoes are too tight. So I always tend to tell people to err on having your shoes just a little bit big uh, as long as your feet aren't swimming in there and, and, and have way too much room. That's my recommendation when people are looking for shoes in my store. They come in, I ask them what their shoe size is or whatever they're wearing currently. And I usually say, let's start half a size bigger than that, especially in the trail runners. Uh, sometimes with the boots themselves, I'll go up to a whole size bigger. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing maybe we should touch on too is a lot of times if you're buying a new pair of boots, they're made out of leather, you need to wear them in a little bit. So it'd be good. Mm, I got it right here. Yeah, it'd be good. You need to make sure that you wear them in. And there's two different sizes, especially when you're going with the boots. There's around your toe box and around your, your foot itself, but you also have to test that around your ankle. Yeah. As you come up the ankle, you need to make sure you tie them in, you tie them snug up around your ankle and you walk them a little bit. You need to work them in. So it, it's important. And it's so important that I'd say it could ruin your trip if you don't take the time to do it right. Absolutely. Uh, and just, you, you'll see it a lot in, in through hikers. When we hiked the trail, we walked through four pairs of, of shoes. We I started out in a mid boot and then I went to trail runners uh, because you're walking thousands of miles and shoes don't last that long. But uh, what we did is we actually broke our shoes in before we left for the trail so that when we had shoes shipped to us, they were pre-broke in before we started hiking. Uh, I suggest a good distance for breaking in your shoes before I think they're just like they're like gloves for your feet is probably 20 to to 30 miles in there. Uh, that's a, that's a decent amount of walking. And now I'm not saying that you can't wear your shoes. I mean, obviously you can, but I would restrict myself from especially the big boots. Like you say, the leather boots and stuff, I wouldn't go out and hike in these all day for 10 miles until I took them out for a few one or two mile walks, wear them around the house, wear them to town, get a little bit of your, your feet in there, breaking things in before you commit to saying, I want to go out and hike for 10 miles, because if they're not broken, you can really do some damage to your feet. Good information, Nate. I, I, I can't stress enough how important that is. Uh, like I say, 
Our whole goal with the podcast is to get people outside to enjoy the outdoors, and that's a fast way to to make that uh, good time come to a screeching halt. So yes. make sure you break in your shoes. Another thing, I like to bring new information on the podcast and things you might might not think about. I want to warn everybody to remember them to bring some sunscreen. Oh. It's a, something you wouldn't think about that has to go with your feet. But if you're in feet or in shoes and socks all day long, and then all of a sudden you want to stretch out your feet and relax them at the end of the day or even midday, all of a sudden you have these very ghost white feet <laughs> in the hot so, midday sun. They're very soon vulnerable. Soon to be cherry to red. <laughs> soon to be cherry, cherry red. Uh, so if you bring a little bottle, I have one on a carabiner that's just clipped to my pack. Uh, but if you take that and you rub that into your... Um, your feet, that'll help save you from a sunburn down the road. And let me assure you, for those who've never had a sunburn on just their feet, it is maybe the most painful annoyance you've ever had in your life. It is uh, it is showstopper time. Yeah, especially because the, the only option you have, especially if you're out on a, a longer backpacking trip or something, is to put those sunburned feet into shoes and into boots and, and to hike on them, which can only make it so much worse. I don't tend to get sunburns on my feet because, well, I... I tend to always have them in shoes, but I can really see where that is a beneficial piece of information. While we're talking a little bit about shoes, I want to move on to one thing before I forget. And that is, and a lot of people uh, are, if you haven't heard about it, you're going to hear more about it. And it's this minimalist kind of, uh, I'll call it a craze because it's a, it's a new thing, but a lot of people are going to a minimalist approach to footwear. You'll see more people wearing sandals, or a shoe that they consider, they call a zero drop shoe. When they're when they're talking about that, they're referring to your heel being elevated. If you look at a pair of shoes or a pair of boots, oftentimes there's a big thick pad uh, heel underneath the heel of your foot, uh, which elevates your heel a little bit. Uh, shoes are designed that way because for a lot of years, we've talked about landing heel first, heel to toe. You hear that in running, you hear that in, in walking, you land with your heel first. So shoe manufacturers have been padding the heel. Now people are talking about how that's not a good thing and by its uh, I don't know it's it's disaligning all of the bones in your body and your arms are going to fall off and the satellites and the moon aren't aligning correctly I don't know I I don't know enough about it to actually be very informative I just know one thing and I see a lot of people getting into this and I want to throw caution out there to people this is not something to just jump into I've seen a lot of benefits from it I think people are noticing that it's really really great thing to do I mean your shoes get lighter your feet build up our feet are meant to be more barefoot there's this whole natural approach to it but I've seen people get uh, some pretty serious injuries from going to wearing shoes that offer a lot of support uh, that offer a lot of cushion and jumping directly into like going on runs barefooted and people are getting uh, are getting bad injuries from this. So if this is something that you hear and you're really curious about it, take the time to do your research and approach it slowly and, and work your way into it. You walked your whole life with a, with a huge cushion. Don't just throw it out <laughs> the window and think you're going to be fine. And, and it's just like a fine pair of boots or, or trail runners. You got to work your way into it. Yeah. Break them in, break your feet into getting used to 
stretching that tendon more. It would make sense that you just want to take your time. Right. Absolutely. And if we still have the Camp Hike Live, there's a Facebook group, right? Yep. The forum. Yep. Okay. Camp Hike Live forum if you're searching for it. Okay. I, I forget anymore. But uh, if people have any more information, feel free to to share your experiences with these this minimalist style to footwear uh, as I'm pretty new to it myself and I haven't really dove into it and I'm curious more about it. So if you guys have any personal experiences or maybe they're maybe they're a bit funny and you had a little bit of a, a tragic experience with jumping in and going for a hike barefooted, uh, let us know at the, uh, the Camp Hike Live forum. And before we leave you guys, I just want to uh, express one thing and that is our feet are amazing and the limitations are well, it's, it's endless. There is no limitations. I've talked to people, uh, you know, my wife and I, we through hiked a trail. Our feet took us over 2000 miles. I've heard of people hiking up to 10,000 miles in a single year. Uh, there's no limitation to how far we can go with our feet. Uh, we just want to make sure that we keep them healthy and strong. And yeah, you never know where your feet are going to take you. We're going to leave you today with a quote. Walking is the number one exercise for your feet as well as your body, but mostly your soul. Thanks for joining us today. Bye-bye. If you like what you have heard today and you want to hear more from us about camping, hiking, and living the outdoor life, we ask that you subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends, and help us to keep coming to you. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can do that on Facebook. Search Camp Hike Live Forum.